Blog Talk Radio. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Welcome once again. It's that witching hour, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Sunday morning. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, among other names. And this is The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I say that again, it's 347-637-3220. It's a place to be, and you know what I'm talking about. If you listening to me got a half hour show today abbreviated show but hopefully i can give you some good news or whatever um fantasy and real reality football and other things in sports nba playoffs whatever it's like i said it's an abbreviated show um i got a chat room sitting out there if you'd like to jump into that uh, you can do that at your leisure. Don't come foul. I mean, you could come. I mean, and converse if you'd rather not converse to me on, on, on the airways. And uh, give me your opinion. I value your opinion. Absolutely. You know, I, I just don't do this for myself. I like to include an audience to have various opinions. Because I'm not I'm the be and all the be all. Um, I've been around a while, which doesn't mean anything. Just because you've been around a while, don't mean you learn anything, really. But I like to think I learned a few things, and uh, I'm old school, as you can see. Been around for a while, like I said, and. Uh, but I want to talk about the NFL. Start right off the bat. NFL. And Jay Cutler. It went the uh, Tony Romo route. But the only difference is this. Is that Jay Cutler... No one wanted to boogie with him. No one wanted to pick him up. He made a few phone calls to a few teams, but nothing of real substance. And there's two quarterbacks that are sitting out there that are decent quarterbacks uh, among the other ones that got picked up by other teams. Jay Cutler was one of them. He decided to go to Tony Romo. We go go to uh, the broadcasting. Another one's Colin Kaepernick. Now I'm not going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick. I'm just saying that these these two prominent quarterbacks. One's been to the Super Bowl and almost won the Super Bowl. One's never been to the Super Bowl. 
One's going into the broadcast booth, the other one, because of various reasons, is not picked up by any team. Josh McGowan, uh, Brian Hoyer, and others of that ilk have been picked up. But a, a, a player who's been to the championship game and played very well and played pretty well uh, last year hasn't been picked up by any team. Now we know what the deal is. Colin Kaepernick has a lot of ability. He's not the most accurate quarterback. Everybody knows that. But I can guarantee you he's better than uh, and probably at least close to half a dozen, if not more, quarterbacks that either got picked up or on somebody's roster right now. That he could be, he could be a, 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 a definitely decent backup, and in a pinch, be a capable starting quarterback. Mobile, got a rocket foreign arm. Maybe not, like I said, maybe not the most accurate, but he should definitely have been picked up by someone. So it's not that. We all know what it is. We we all know what it is. Every owner including my owner of Houston, Texas, is a white male billionaire or of the Caucasian persuasion, because I'm talking about the Ford company and the Ford um, family who owns the Detroit Lions, in my opinion, conservative views and would have a severe, would suffer a severe backlash by um ticket buyers and and the like, if they signed a player that did the, what Colin Kaepernick, heaven forbid for, for what, what cause he was doing it for, but he decided to not stand, stand for the national anthem. And that's like a taboo type of thing. Now, I'm not getting political. Maybe I am, but I'm not. Um, but it is what it is. It's the reality. I'm talking real here. I'm not talking that, oh, he's not that good a quarterback. And that's, that's the reason why no one's picked him up. Come on, people. If you want to keep it real, just like I am, keep it real. The reason he's not picked up is because his political stance. Not the reason he did it. But because he did it, that, that's why. Not like he's a flash in the pan. He decided to do it a couple times. And then it went away. And everybody forgot about it. It's in the back of their mind. But he was doing it for a, 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 a worthwhile cause. And he's been following through. But people don't want to hear that. People don't want to know what he's been doing behind the scenes, unbeknownst to people, only to those who want to really uh, publicize what he's been doing. They only want to focus on him not standing on his two feet for the national anthem. Just think about that. The First Amendment gives you that right. Now, quite naturally, people said, well, gives him that right, but he's going to have to suffer the consequences. Well, he was well aware of that when he did it. It wasn't like he just did it and without thinking. He saw something happening that he felt was an injustice, which it was, 
and he decided to take a stand. His, his inalienable freedom of speech stance that people have died for, and both uh, people on the military on both sides of this, that he should stand because I um, fought and died for, people have fought and died for in the military, um, for he, so he could stand up uh, and, it, 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 or sit down and land at a free. <clears throat> so he should stand up. And others say, well, that's why I, what I fought for. For freedom of speech, freedom of expression. It's not hurting anybody, physically hurting anybody. But he decided to take a stance. That's all I can say on that. It is what it is. Two quarterbacks sitting out there that were sitting out there that for different reasons, each one for a different reason, are not playing in the NFL right now or not on the team in the NFL, not to say before training camp or beginning of the season, they won't, one of them won't be on there. But Jay Cutler decided to go to the booth because really nobody wanted him. That's the bottom line. Nobody wanted Jay Cutler. Let me bring my esteemed co-host from Thursday night on uh, FSP Crew Show, Jeff the Joker, my other fellow Jersey guy, into this um, conversation. And Jeff, how you be, my man? All right, how you doing? All right. Uh, all right. I was. I don't know if you heard my little rant uh, for for the last uh, close to ten minutes or whatever, but I was talking about how uh, two two capable quarterbacks who are on not on anybody's roster on uh, and probably should be for whatever should be um but um there's, there's like there's the last at least the half a dozen football, um, quarterbacks that are not as good as the two that aren't on anybody's roster but for different reasons Jay Cutler being a I don't know if it's attitude or whatever um but, but he's a turnover machine and, and probably not that much of a coachable quarterback. And uh, that's why he, his, uh, his, uh, um, his, uh, wanting for to be on a, uh, a team was, uh, lacking because of that. And then for Colin Kaepernick, plain and simple. I mean, Colin Kaepernick's better than at least half a dozen quarterbacks that are sitting on the roster now, political beliefs. So, what's your thoughts on both of Jay Cutler going to the broadcast booth? This would be should be interesting and Colin Kaepernick. Okay, now to put in my two cents about Colin, Colin Forty and Slip. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. It's yeah, all right. You know, you know, I mean, one of my buddies comes up with uh, nicknames for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. it's like you know he's a big twelve year old, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, the uh, gentleman who used to play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers for many years is referred to as Colin Crappernick, okay? <laughs> I mean, okay. It's very okay. juvenile. And mm-hmm. he, he's got a nickname for everybody. Like, it, they're not always flattering. And, and some of these references are obscure. Uh, I, one of the ones I like is uh, because of the large and strange shape of his head, used to refer to Peyton Manning as Rocky Dennis. Rocky oh, Dennis wow. being the main character in the movie Mask. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Ouch. Right. Which I, right. I love that movie. Uh, yes. Um, the, 
Joey Harrington used to be called the Piano Man. And actually, a lot of other people started calling him afterwards just because he played the piano, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But then that became an, uh, you know, almost became an incident in Detroit when uh, he came back to Detroit. And remember that? And then the, uh, the guy who was doing the introductions on the scoreboard called him the piano man or something like that. It's like, I think mm-hmm. he was trying to imply he's some kind of wimp because he plays the piano, which is ridiculous. You, I think you're right. the guy who says that has got issues with his own masculinity. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, exactly. Hey, look at Billy Joel. He's doing all right with the ladies, you know? I mean... I uh, think so. Yeah. He think he, he, he's got pairs of shoes older than his girlfriend. I mean, come on, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, so, you know, we got these nicknames, uh, you know, that we use frequently. Uh, what was, uh, there used to be a wide receiver with the Cowboys, uh, uh, Matt Jones, who used to refer to as mm-hmm. Matt Cocaine Jones, because he, uh, he oh, got yeah. busted with cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, he traveled around the league. He was first, first yeah. drafted by the, by the Jaguars. And, oh, and, uh, that's right. That's he, right. Yeah. He, he was, he was, he was a hot mess. Yeah. There, there, there've been a few others. Uh, yep. uh, uh, there, there was multiple nicknames for Najee Davenport. Um, you know, the dump truck, uh, mm-hmm. you know, deep poop, uh, dookie, you name it, you know, um, sure. uh, that, uh, so, so, okay. Getting back to, uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, uh, you know, he's got the right, you know, to take a knee for the national anthem, but you know, um, Part of me didn't dig it. And you know what? Teams, NFL team is like a company, and they don't want a distraction. And if there's going to be a distraction, you better be great. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I think they're consistent with that. You know, I think the same goes in the business world. And if, believe me, if Colin Kaepernick was accurate in the pocket, that you know, and he was a legit, quality starting quarterback, which he is not, he'd be under contract somewhere. But teams don't want the distraction. You know? Right. And and mm-hmm. this is the same guy, you know, you know, he's taking a knee for the national anthem, but he isn't registered to vote. I mean, what kind of fool is he? You know? That mm-hmm. I mean, I, I that I have a problem with, you know, and then, you know, he he's not the classiest guy. He was a guy in training camp who was uh wearing socks with a uh you know, a pig with a police hat on, you know, mm-hmm. um, which whatever, it's juvenile, but, you know, hey, freedom of expression. But you know what? Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, that means you're free to express. That doesn't mean you're free from the consequences. So, you know what? He's a, he's a grown man. He should have known there would be ramifications. And, you know, when you're not an elite starter, you know, you got to think about, hmm, you know, uh, am I making myself desirable to employers, you know? And I just don't think, you know, maybe it's team presidents, maybe it's owners, maybe it's coaches and GMs. They don't like distractions. And, uh, you know, Kaepernick made himself a distraction, um, you know? And you know what? He might like this country, but the the economic system in this country has been very good to him, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh I mean, that doesn't exempt him from having an opinion, but, uh, you know, this country's done all right by him. So, uh, now with Cutler, Cutler's a different kind of character. 
You know, yep. you could say he's kind of the the poor man's Brett Favre. You know, he's almost like a guy you almost want to meet to see what he's really like, not just all this negative that you hear. And, uh, you know, he's actually friends with Favre, and they have the same agent. I, that might be how they got acquainted. Um, you know, uh, I was thinking if if Cutler had stayed in Denver, you know, you never know. But who knows? He could have a couple Super Bowl rings. You you, you never know. And he, his career got off to a pretty good start in Denver, and then uh, it soured a little bit. Um you know, people. Another guy they compare him to, which is probably a better comparison, is Jeff George, yep. uh, a guy with a lot of a lot of physical talent. No but, people you know, skills. Right, exactly. And uh, the thing is, and this is what you know, when Cutler, you know, let's say towards the end of his tenure with the Broncos, uh, you know, he was still young enough and talented enough where I think they got two first round picks for him, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, that was then, this is now. And at this point, um, you're bringing him in to compete for a starting job. Now, his, I don't know if he has an out in his contract with, uh, he signed with Fox, I think. I don't know if he has an out. Like, if let's say, like last year, you know, Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt, and then all of a sudden Minnesota's looking for a veteran QB to step in right away. I mean, if a situation like that happens again, Cutler might be in demand, but let's say he would, if he was going somewhere, he'd be competing for a job. I think some people were clamoring for the Jets to bring him in, but they said, you know, a lot of people are saying he's probably not worth the headache for maybe one or two more wins. Um, let's say they, uh, and Bill Polian said that, you know, Bill Polian, you know, this is a guy who's really, you know, been there and he knows how these conversation goes. Uh, and he, you know, I think I'm pretty sure it was Polian who said about Cutler that he's not a guy, you know, who's going to be, you know, if he's competing for a job, there's a chance he could be a backup. And that that's that's part of the NFL. That's part of life sometimes. Sure. And uh, Cutler most likely, I mean, I, I feel bad slamming a guy because I've never met him personally, but based on sideline incidents and whatever, um, not a guy who's going to be a good backup. And you know what? You know, once you hit a certain point in the NFL, you got to be a good backup. You got to support the starter and not be a jerk in the meeting rooms, et cetera, et cetera. And you can't pout if you're not the one playing. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, that that doesn't seem part of Cutler's character. And then the guys who stick around at quarterback, um, you know, they they have to be willing to play that role. Like, um, not on the same level with Cutler, but actually play with them. Uh, you know, like Josh McCown. Right. You know, um, exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, he he mm-hmm. knows the deal, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you know he's he's getting paid nice money to hold the clipboard, and if that's the case, he's going to do it, and he's not going to be a problem. And usually they'll speak to a quarterback before they sign him, and they'll say, hey, you know, you might start some games, but we're going to want you to mentor the younger guys. And, uh, you know, there's a reason that McCown has been able to stick around so long as a backup. Um, right. And, and I, you know, I guess there have been occasionally starting quarterbacks who finish their career as backups. And even in the middle of his career, Kurt Warner was backing up Eli Manning. 
Sure. You know? And uh, sure. And you know, he, and he was uh, he was he was a willing backup. He realized that right, the, right, what, exactly what, what was going on. And he said, you know, when they made the move, um, that you know he he pretty much uh, capitulated to it and said, okay, right. um, bring and, the new well, guy in and I'll help him as much as I can. And and, and Coughlin, um, was very honest with him. He said, and Warner mm-hmm. said, when 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 Coughlin spoke with him <sighs> that they were going to make the change. You know, he was expecting just to have his play get slammed, and Coughlin didn't do it. He just basically said, it's time to make the switch. we got to get Eli into the line. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. And I remember that season, and uh, and I think Warner appreciated the honesty, and uh, uh, that Warner was getting killed. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, I mean yeah. I guess the only thing you can say about him is, you know, he, he one of the least mobile quarterbacks. The Giants' offensive line was very porous, and he was taking a beat. And I mean, let's put it this way: if they would have kept him in the lineup, he might not have lasted to the end of the season. And I kind of doubt it. Is, and it probably and it probably would have ruined him for when he moved on to uh, um, with Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. And yeah. he joined Arizona. He was there to back up and mentor Liner. But Liner did not perform so. Right. And Arizona's had a good history now at resurrecting uh, quarterback careers. And, you know, Warner, at the end of his time in uh, at the Rams, he got he was injured and he was benched and and he was not a distraction. He was, you know, uh, you know, a positive backup. And that's right. You know, uh, that's that's part of the role frequently for quarterbacks. And, you know, if you want to, you know, stick around, I mean, if if Cutler, you know, had that image of being, who knows, he'd be able to stick around into his late 30s. Uh, right. But, you know, he he doesn't have that image, which is probably, you know, rightfully owned. And it's so funny because, you know, a lot of people don't like him. Um, you know, like I said, I don't know the guy. I mean, you know, he comes across as a jerk and, you know, being selfish and whatever. Um, but it's so funny because there's been, you know, People are comparing him to Romo because I guess their careers ended around the same time and they're both going mm-hmm. straight to the broadcast booth. And I'll tell you, for a guy who I think has only won two playoff games, there's a lot of love for Romo. I mean, I know, I know. Usually that type of love is for guys who get rings. I yeah. mean, you know, and don't yeah. get me wrong, you know, Romo is very good quarterback. Um, but, you know, just this outpouring, uh, you know, um, and it's the opposite for Cutler. Now, the thing is, um, you know, if you're a big-name guy, it helps if you're a quarterback. It's almost obligatory you try broadcasting, and some guys do better than others. And I think one of the reasons so many of these guys do broadcasting, there's a few, you know, it keeps their name out there. It keeps them close to the sport. And I think for a lot of these guys, like let's say, you know, for Jay Cutler, you don't have to worry where your next nickel is coming from. You mm-hmm. could do the broadcasting part-time, and you have plenty of time to devote to other things, as opposed to coaching, which is a real full-time job. And that's right. why now you don't see a lot of star players go straight into coaching. Occasionally, you'll see a guy, you know, a star player, away for a while, then miss the game and want to get back into coaching, like a Kevin Green, you know, a guy like that, or uh Another guy who was away for a while was Frank Reich. I guess he wasn't a big star, but he was a pretty big name, and he uh, he wanted to get back into the game. 
Um, but that you know now most of the, the coaches in the NFL, most of them either didn't play in the NFL or, or weren't star players. Um, right. you, you know, so um, it, but you know not every player does well broadcasting for various reasons. I mean, some of these guys, like big Hall of Fame guys, just, you know, quickly leave. Well, Favre hasn't – I think he, he did a little broadcasting, I think, for some college for uh, Southern Mississippi, you know, where he uh, – his alma mater. But uh, LT tried broadcasting, didn't work out. Joe Montana, um, there have been some other Hall of Fame guys that didn't work out um, because it's a job. It's work. you got to be prepared. You can't just show up and rely on your name. And, you know, like let's say that, you know, uh, been some criticism, and I guess it looks like there's at least a demotion of Phil Sims. But, you know, he stuck around a long time as a commentator, and he, he did okay because he did the work. You know, right. he did his homework. Mm-hmm. He was prepared. Uh, not perfect, but, you know, he got his respect as a broadcaster. Another guy who, who, uh, approached it like a job and, and got respect as a broadcaster with some criticism, but overall successful, uh, Troy Aikman, you know? Right, um, right. Well, I'll tell you, though, they really, they really love those Cowboys in the booth, I think, uh, you know? But yeah, the difference yeah. between Romo and, and and the guys, you know, the, the, the Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, um, the difference is Romo never won anything, you know? Right, but, uh, right. But people love him. You know, he's just very personable, and uh, you know, uh, Jay Cutler is not. Uh, but I'm, well, I'm curious, though. What, what, you know, how how Cutler's going to come across and how he's going to be received. Is he going to have a sense of humor about himself? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, is he going to laugh about all his interceptions or whatever, or is he just going to be a touchy, selfish jerk? You know, it, it, it'll be yeah. interesting. You know, I uh, well, you, you can almost guarantee that since Romo is. Um with going to CBS, if I'm not mistaken, and, and, and Cutler's at Fox, that these guys are going to be compared to each other because they, they're quarterbacks. Oh, because definitely. they're two, two, two different personalities, and they're going against two competing um, um, TV stations in sports, calling, calling the games. So it's going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised, um, Jeff, that uh, Jay Cutler outshines – um, Tony Romo in the uh, in the booth. I, I would I would not be surprised because most think that Jay Cutler and maybe deservedly so is a not a good fit and a curiosity of how he's going to be because of his uh, personality, whether it's uh, uh, real or, or just um, perceived, um, compared to what everybody uh, uh, is gravitating. Toward Tony Romo, since he's the second coming of a, the the uh, John Madden, uh, going into the broadcast booth, uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Romo, with high expectations, becomes the disappointment, and Jay Cutler becomes the uh, shining—not would say shining star, but the new shiny toy at, at at Fox. What's your thoughts on that? You know, it, it's very possible, but. Uh... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really is. Um, you know how these guys do, and, and you know how how they're received. But I, I'm just, I'm I'm curious. You know what 
Cutler's online persona is going to be. I tell you, you got to have a sense of humor because I remember once, and this guy, say what you want, he's got a sense of humor, Michael Irvin, and uh, they were talking about, you know, this was as a broadcaster, and and they were talking about a team with uh, a lot of uh, off-the-field distractions, and he once said, and, and I give him credit, he says, he says, on every NFL team, there's a, usually about a half dozen guys who who don't want to do the right thing. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking right away. And he says, and I was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said it so emphatically, I couldn't stop laughing. And it's so funny because some of these guys, as broadcasters, like I'll tell you, and this is a guy I think got laid off recently. I like Trent Dilfer. He's mm-hmm. very honest about his abilities. In fact, if anything, he kind of downplays it, you know. But he's mm-hmm. a guy, he won a ring, and not a star quarterback. Cause pro- you could probably say, and he'll say, probably one of the worst quarterbacks to, to be starting a quarterback on a, a Super Bowl winner, you know. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was the beneficiary of a, a legendary defense. And it's nice to have that perspective from a guy who's not an amazing talent like a Deion Sanders. It, it, you know, uh, uh, hey, he still played in the league for 15 years. He wasn't a bum, but it gives you a different perspective. Uh, right. And, and I, I really liked what Dilfer had to say. Um, you know, a guy now, a guy I didn't like as a as a commentator who who spoke like he was a star, and I know firsthand he was far from it, was Sean Salisbury. Man. Right. I mean, right. th- that guy, for his career, passed for less than 4,000 yards. I mean, yep. it's nothing in the modern NFL. But right. he speaks like, you know, uh, you know, he, he was the second coming of Joe Namath or something. Like, I, I, I mean, if, if you didn't know his career and you heard him talk as a broadcaster, you would think he was a, he was a star player. Uh, my yeah. joke was Salisbury steak is the, the lowest form of steak. And Sean Salisbury is the lowest form of commentator. Um, <laughs> and, and also, you know, you listen to these guys for a while. Sometimes they could grate on you. And, you know, sometimes, though, it's nice to have uh, a new commentator or a, someone who, who you're new to just to hear different voice, different insights, different opinions. Because mm-hmm. like somebody I know says when it comes to uh, commentators, familiarity breeds contempt. And, right. and, and there is some of that going on because a lot of people after decades kind of got tired of John Madden. And, and I'll tell you, a guy who did some commentating, I thought he was good. And I actually, I liked him before. I liked his commentating and I liked hearing a fresh voice. was so uh, Jim Fossil was doing some radio work for uh, Westwood One. And I thought he had some very fresh insights, new voice, of course, and uh, – for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if it was him or it was Westwood One, he didn't stick around as a commentator. And I, I really mm-hmm. thought I learned a lot listening to him. Um, so these, there'll be two new voices. And then also, you know, there's uh, different types of commentary. I mean, almost always, I can't think of any exceptions, the former players and coaches become color commentators, but sometimes they become studio analysts. And some are good at one and not the other. Um, and, and it's, I think, important to put a guy in the right role. Um, you know, uh, so it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind, it's kind of interesting. But, you know, the thing is, you know, the, 
there's a lot of interest in Romo, and I don't think it'll be the case. But if he if he doesn't do his homework and he's a lousy commentator, whatever, boom, he'll be done. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. probably, you know, uh, get get another job somewhere doing something. But you know, because they they want ratings, they want you know, they mm-hmm. they want. You know, and, and I think that's why they brought in Romo because they thought he would improve the ratings over Phil Simms. Possibly, I'll tell you. I mean, I, when I was a kid, Phil Simms was my favorite player, and I met him early in his career. And I heard later on he became very cocky, but I met him very early in his career when that was not the case. Um, when Phil Simms does inside the NFL with Boomer Esiason, uh and Esiason has about. 10 different jobs doing uh, commentary, you know. Uh, <laughs> Talking I mean, about I, They're not full-time jobs, but you wonder, it's like, how does this, how does this guy find the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when they, when they do Inside the NFL together, it's so funny because all Phil does is bust Boomer's chops. I mean, it, it, it's like, if it was in private, it'd be one thing, but it's on the air, and it's like it's brutal, and it's nonstop. It's like it's it's almost it almost makes you uncomfortable, you know. Well, I mean, they'll, they'll they'll be able to do it again on on on, on CBS because he, Phil took the the um um the spot of right. Tony Gonzalez. Right. Tony Gonzalez. So there'll be uh, Phil Sims and um Boomer Science and sitting on that what NFL Today? Right. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on to this. Um, there's uh, two GM spots open. One uh, is in broiled in controversy, which is uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. And the other one is uh, a surprising one. Probably the handwriting was on the wall within the, in the organization, but it didn't come to fruition until right after, and I mean right after the NFL draft was completed. Doug Whaley from the Bills was um, um, fired. And right now, the Buffalo Bills are in um, uh, looking for a new GM, going to a, you know uh, organizations that uh, the head coach Sean McDermott has previously previously been in, in the Eagles and the Panthers, to find some uh, um, uh, a replacement for the GM. And uh, the reason I'm talking about both the Bills and, and also the uh, controversy that uh, that uh, led to the firing of Scott McLaughlin in Redskins because you got two coaches um, that seem like they have more power than a general manager. Well, and one organization seems like there, there was a, uh, I don't know if a jealousy or, or a power struggle uh, between the um, president of the organization in Bruce Allen and the general general manager of who was going to call the shots. Um, and they use the, they use the excuse that um, they try to use, they would try to use the excuse of his past history for his release, which was found to be bogus. But I want to talk about the bills first, before I talk about the Redskins, they got rid of Doug Whaley. Now, like I said, probably in, in works or, uh, I guess the president wanted to see uh, of the Bills wanted to see how they interacted from the end of the season until the draft, and uh, it looked, looked probably was a foregone conclusion that Doug Whaley wouldn't be around because he wasn't the 
head coach's guy. Um, now, that bothers me, Jeff, because the head coach is just that, the head coach. He's not your general manager. And to have the head coach um, control the organization and more or less the GM be a, a figure piece to do the billing of the head coach, I have a problem with that. Um, and al- along with what happened with the uh, Bills and Gruden and uh, Bruce Allen being the controlling factors and the GM uh, apparently looks like a just a figurehead that does administrative duties and nothing else. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I was kind of puzzled by the timing in, in Buffalo. Um, you know, I mean, you, you uh, served in the military. I haven't. Um, mm-hmm. But in military and in life, there is a chain of command. And, right. And, you know, and it, it in, in teams that in the NFL, you know, it's the GM hires the head coach, okay, probably the president mm-hmm. of the team and the and or the owner have some say so, but uh let's say some coaches have more you know control you know into personnel matters than others, but uh you know it, it and once in a while a team will fire the coach or or fire the g m and keep the coach, and then that's usually a a a, a you know not a winning situation, and then usually a year late year or two later. The GM will say, "Okay, now I'm bringing in my guy," and that's, that's mm-hmm. the way it usually works. Because mm-hmm. usually, uh, when when they do that, the the head coach looks like a lame duck. Um, right. But you know, some of these teams uh, are uh, dysfunctional, and uh, yeah, I, w- I was really puzzled by the timing in uh, Buffalo. But I guess Buffalo is still kind of restructuring. I guess after a change in ownership. But, you know, I mean, come on. When's the last time they made the playoffs? That's been a while. Um, 99. Been, 1999. Yeah, I, I mean, you think with the parity in the NFL. But, you know, I guess uh, one of the problems is that when when you've got a team during that time in your division who almost every year wins the division, you're you're fighting three other teams for the wild card. You right. know, so – but still you think – you know, hey, the Jets have made the playoffs in that time. The Dolphins mm-hmm. have, I mean, but the Bills, uh, you know, they, they uh, you know, year after year coming short. Um, you know, uh, it, it, the thing is, though, um, I mean, it makes sense for some coaches to have some say in personnel matters. But I believe the the only head coach in the NFL who's also a GM, even though it's not a – he doesn't have the title, but who acts as a GM is uh, uh, Bill Belichick. Because I think in, in today's NFL, it's it's two full-time jobs. You, you, I don't think somebody could do both jobs successfully, uh, unless you're a genius and an incredible hard worker like a Bill Belichick. I don't think anybody well, he, else could really do it. Plus the fact he's got the resume. He's got the resume. Right, exactly. I mean, exactly. He, he had the resume going to the um, um, Patriots. And he just built on uh, built built on that. So, but for a first first year coach in the Bills to have a coach pretty much run run the, run the organization and, and um, be the most important in the room, 
Uh, I got a problem with that. He hasn't proven himself. He's a, he's a brand new head coach. Now he may be a decent uh, offensive or defensive coordinator, depending on what his specialty is. Um, McDermott being on the defensive side, uh, but but he's a first year coach. You don't know. You know. You don't even know what kind of coach he, coach he's going to be. And then Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen um, uh, are the ones that are holding that that power structure. And you got a GM that wants to put his stamp on a team um, and, and give the, and control the tools that or help control the tools in, in really in um, unison with the coach, if possible, and build a team that can contend. Uh, for the playoffs and possibly be able to move on to the Super Bowl. And for whatever reason, well, I, I can understand the reason that the GM getting fired uh, because he hasn't brought any kind of playoff um, appearance to the Bills since he was there either. But there's other uh, GMs that haven't, ha- haven't done that either. Well, and quite naturally, they're not, not there there. But to, to have the head coach be the most important, like I said, be the most important voice in the room, a new, brand new head coach, the unproven at this level as being a head coach, I got a problem with that. Um, and then what happens if he brings in one of his guys, one of his guys that he dealt with when he was with the Eagles, that's what he used, he used to be a co- I mean a, a coach in the with the Eagles or one of his guys that he was um, coaching with in the um, Panthers and it doesn't pan out. Um, he I, I, I'm not exactly sure how long his contract is probably about three or four years somewhere around there. That's usually a standard contract other than what they have in San Francisco is six years. Um, and uh, uh, the, he's a bust. So you, you fire the GM and the head coach, or you just fired the head coach because it didn't pan out and you have to wait another three, four, five years um, and hire someone new that's going to be uh, um, going, take, going to be battle-tested and see if they can break the, the uh, uh, chain of the Bills not going to the Playoffs since 1999. 18 years. 18 years. That's that's like unheard of. That that's like that's in in aptitude at its at its highest. That you can't get an organization in 18 years to, to not even make a one appearance in the playoffs. Unbelievable. That's bad. That's pretty bad. And that that. And I, and they changed ownership, so it's it's not just a um, the ownership. I know that the new ownership is trying to turn it around, and and that's one of the moves they're making and and getting rid of uh, a few thing few of them that were in the, in the prior regime. But teams have a history. A lot of teams have a history, whether they face um, opponent that they can't seem to beat or just dysfunction in their organization that's in, inherent and can't seem to break because it's just part of the fabric of that organization. And I think that's what the problem is with the Bills. 
Um, I don't know it, it when and if they are ever going to get a winning formula anytime soon. Um, but 18 years and not being able to get one playoff appearance is pretty bad. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well we're going to cut this cut this uh, uh, short, Jeff. Um, and uh, I'll be back on uh, uh, Thursday, this Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jeff and I are holding it down. Uh, hopefully, uh, trying to get Black uh, Mike uh, Mike Wright back, but um, um, due to extenuating circumstances, um, he hasn't been able to make an appearance uh, with Jeff and I on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we holding it down on the FSP Crew Show, or uh, um, even to make an appearance at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday uh, with uh, Mr. FSP on his on his show, on FSP show. 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday afternoon. But I will be back here again talking um, sports, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come June, come June, come July, come August, uh, start gearing up and start talking about fantasy football, different positions, different teams, um, uh, guys that I, I see that are in ideal situations, maybe not most people don't see it, um, but I see it, uh, and bring out some nice gems um, coming up until the uh, up and coming 2017 fantasy football season. There's some nice gems out there, um, and I'm not just in the running back, but in the wide receivers that are um, I feel are going to break out going to surprise some people a lot of talent sitting out there um waiting to be tapped from for the uh, fantasy football uh players and, and hopefully they can bring uh championships to their um to them so uh with that being said jeff uh i'm going to give it to you uh uh and uh whatever you want to say before we get out of here and uh, um enjoy the rest of this weekend talk to me yeah, uh, best wishes to everybody. Uh, tune in on Thursday night, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting ready for uh, another season of fantasy football. With that being said, no music, no end of end of, end the uh, uh, show commentary. Just going to drop the mic, end the show. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Um, see you next week.